Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Smackdown preview. I'm Michael Sidgwick and the brief absence of Adam Wilborn and I am joined by fellow Dudley boy Michael Hamflit to discuss everything that's in store for us on tonight's WWE Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We preview and review Raw, Smackdown, NXT, Dynamite, Rampage, that should drop on your feed imminently. Pay-per-views, we hold wrestler interviews, we conduct wrestling roundtable discussions, and we host a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Hamlet, how good is it to finally have a good wrestling show on television on Friday? Oh, sorry, this is a SmackDown preview. <laughs> uh, mind went there, I'm sorry. We'll do the Rampage one later. Uh, what are your thoughts ahead of tonight's Freedom SmackDown? <laughs> My thoughts are the same as they are when Wilborn asks me this question most Fridays. Uh, when he has done what you have had to do this morning, which is scour the internet for the wrestling promotion to promote some wrestling. <laughs> Different week, same problem. Um, this is a good show, remember? This is uh, SmackDown, the billion dollar wrestling show, the one with the good stuff on. And like the one thing we've got to preview, it's still pretty good. They've not done much to book it, but you know, the SummerSlam main event feels massive. It's one of the last big matches WWE feels like they've got uh, and they've not sort of <laughs> not been Kevin walking at the office and dropping the spaghetti bolognese yet so I don't think there's kind of enough time to do that with that angle but I um, last week's show stunk and it didn't particularly put me in a good mood for anything on this one um, especially when they haven't lined things up for us to even get excited about or to anticipate yeah I mean Jesus Christ like Imagine, like, put yourself in the frame of mind of the potential fan, uh, the potential viewer, and you're thinking, oh, what's on SmackDown tonight? I might give that a look if you know I'm more casually leaning. And you go through this maze, right? Twitter, right? Why haven't they got the pro- They've got separate things for NXT and NXT UK. I don't think they have separate official Twitter accounts for Raw and SmackDown. Where are well, your properties? Yeah, because, like, the police didn't need direct access to the SmackDown or all This is true. This is very <laughs> true. So they've got their own NXT UK one. I mean, I think. Now they do. I've seen 
like once in about four years. So I know they've definitely got an official NXT UK Twitter feed. They've got an official NXT feed. They don't have separate dedicated accounts for Raw and SmackDown to make my goddamn job or Willborn's goddamn job easier. So I'm thinking, right, what's on this show? I don't actually know. The first port of call is Twitter. So I go, dee, 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 type in WWE because I don't follow them. I don't want my feed inundated with that nonsense. They are very prolific. They're too prolific. So I click on the WWE official uh, Twitter in, a, in anticipation of the SmackDown show, wanting to know, oh, what's on? I might watch it. I mean, I have to watch it. I wouldn't watch it if I wasn't getting paid. But, you know, theoretically, I might watch it. So I go on this goddamn thing, and I just see NXT UK. NXT UK highlights, because that was on the other night, apparently. I don't really want night. Apparently, it's on a Thursday. Right. First time learning of this. <laughs> Volta dragging off because people said it was ace and it was but that's about the extent at which I watch NXT UK and I'm thinking what's on Smackdown so I go on WWE.com and I'm expecting right to be confronted with a preview of tonight's show a match graphic for tonight's show a hook for tonight's show a reason to watch tonight's show uh, get something from like NXT UK or Raw and I'm thinking what's on Smackdown so I click on shows and it's got a big thing for SummerSlam. This website is worse than the product, if you can believe it. Just this big block of text and picture. And you have to scroll down and scroll down and scroll down. Like one item takes up the entire front page and you scroll down. It's like a slideshow. It's just ridiculous. So I finally go on it and it's stuff that happened last week. And I'm thinking, what is on tonight's show? So I scroll down, the adverts are bloody rubbish, and I scroll down. I finally get a video, and it's a recap of the Edge and Seth Rollins feud, and they're just saying, they're going to intensify their violence tonight. And I'm thinking, the guy who's writing this is like, well, I don't know either, because Vince hasn't written it yet. I've been given the copy. At the end, the one advertised thing is John Cena, who turns to confront Roman Reigns. So let's start with that, since it's the only thing to start with. How do you see the John Cena Roman Reigns feud playing out now that we know they've got the match and we can dispense with the ridiculous contract stuff? Yeah, that's just WWE stuff. Yeah, that's why it sucked for twenty years, and yet we can't fully dispense because um, Roman targeted Finn Balor last week, which I quite like. Um, I've always said I kind of one of the elements of the Roman Reigns character that I genuinely enjoy and always have done, is how careful they are to just every now and then let his violence eke out to once again mask that he's now a coward. He is, in fact, quite a fragile head of the table, and often he doesn't want the challenges, and often he doesn't want the struggles that come with that. And then I'd say one in every six Roman Reigns appearances, whether that be a pay-per-view match or whether that be a particularly physically dominant SmackDown appearance, He'll just do just enough to remind his loyal subjects, the Usos, and I guess the audience, that if pushed, he absolutely can do. He just doesn't really want to most of the time. He's become a guy that would rather rely on others to do the hard work for him or just dodge the hard work completely. And amazingly, I think WWE handle this quite well. And to be honest, now I hope John Cena goes for that because I was feeling... Well, not least because we've just recently reviewed it on our five-star review review. I was feeling very uncomfortable shades to the mess they made in 2017 with John Cena's work shoot remarks at Roman Reigns' expense. And as we said, that ridiculous 
fight over who was the most protected by Vince McMahon's affections, basically. There was no need for that in this version of the programme. And Cena coming back and saying things just like, oh, this show's been boring. And yeah, here you are again, another flavour of the week. And John Cena's come back to do this and do this. And, you know, soon people will be bored of you all over again. That's not this character anymore. And it felt quite tone deaf. This, this, this character really has connected. It's been a good year for Roman Reigns. And I quite like that he batted Finn Balor last week because he's basically... In that character's mind, the way I see it, is that he's kind of had to make a choice. He is cowering from John Cena, but he's got to show his mettle and he's chosen to take that out on Finn Balor. I think we might get either before SummerSlam a singles match between Roman and Finn, possibly on the go-home show, or they'll just go all out and book something like um, Roman and the Usos versus Cena and the Mysterios for the SummerSlam go-home SmackDown, and you'll get that first in their gear physical moment between Roman and Cena, the thing that theoretically you would think they would save for the stadium. I sense the heading towards that, as WWE.com would probably say, a collision course. But I do feel like with the inclusion of Finn Balor last week, I sense that's the direction they're headed in. Yeah, I don't know about a potential match. Like Cena's been working. He's been on the house show loop, so it wouldn't be um, beyond the realms of possibility to put him on TV. But at the same time, I'm thinking they'll probably save it. But that's the conversation for next week's SmackDown preview, for which I will not get any copy from WWE about what the hell to expect. <laughs> again, but I think that the Wilborn's probably will be back, won't he? Tell yeah. me if he's back. He's back, he's back on next Friday, all right. Get in, get in. Um, as for tonight, like, I've not really been impressed with the way that this feud has played out whatsoever, if I'm being perfectly honest. Like, look, it's nice enough that you get really loud, really big crowds going bananas for anything they say regardless of whether it's counterproductive or illogical and that to me is what precisely this feud has been it's i don't know why i expected anything else and to be honest i didn't really um so what you've done is got john cena as you said coming out and said that like uh, roman reigns is boring entitled and wwe is in a state of total ruin in terms of its public perception it's dangling by a thread i'm here to save it well you're not because what's going to happen at SummerSlam is that roman reigns is going to defeat you when Roman Reigns defeats you, he simply pins you in an emulated pro wrestling contest. He doesn't become more entertaining by beating you. I'm not saying he isn't, by the way. Like, he's genuinely, I think the storyline is a load of like dragged out bollocks, if I'm being perfectly honest. But his individual performances week on week have been superb, right? But here's the thing the parameters of the storyline, the idea is John Cena doesn't want a title. I don't mean anything anymore. So, what do I want 17 for? He says that Roman Reigns is boring, that he's lifeless, that WWE is kind of in a state of disrepute in terms of how people perceive it. And um, yeah, he thinks Roman Reigns is an asshole or a dick or whatever. When Roman Reigns pins John Cena, as I said, because they're not having a fight over who the better man is, who the better champion is, like, what does it mean when Roman Reigns beats John Cena under the parameters of the storyline? Nothing. It doesn't become more entertaining. He doesn't bring back all the viewers that John Cena held on to, it feels like, at this rate, I've got absolutely no idea what it means other than we're going to have a loud, fun, quintessentially WWE time I expected SummerSlam, everything before and everything after, absolutely sucks. Look, because of the way the storyline has unfolded, I expect John Cena and Roman Reigns to have a little back and forth, and John Cena to say, oh, you know, you're a bitch. Because he didn't want me to sign the contract, but I signed the contract under the most ridiculous circumstances ever, might I add. And uh, I'm expecting 
various permutations on you're a bitch and you're boring. You're a boring bitch. What's the John Cena promo? It's literally the John Cena promo <laughs> these days. And Roman Reigns go, no, 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 I'm not. Like at this point, can we not move away from all the meta ratings, brand image stuff? And I don't think they will. And I say this every single week about WWE TV when we're previewing it. Like just beat him up. He's yeah. been talking his trash years, been calling you boring. And to further the idea that yes, he's a coward. Yes, he's playing a heel. Is that the uh, is that the Usos? Or the Russos? I was going to say that. Imagine two. <laughs> just have the Usos. <laughs> bro, 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 bro. God damn it! Have the Usos enter the ring, batter John Cena from behind, draw out the Mysterios. You can do your six man. You can just separately build the tag team match that's upcoming at this. Just chin John Cena. I've been wanting it for like what 15 years at this point. Chin John Cena. But the thing is, if you chin John Cena now, does he deserve it? Look, the fans don't care. If you chin John Cena, you'll get Roman Reigns booed. You'll add some actual physical conflict in the premise of all oh, these two men don't like each other and they are going to have a fight. Get some heat. Where's the heat? Yeah. I know. There's no heat to this whatsoever. So get some on this goddamn show. Um, also promised in that one minute video, uh, Seth Rollins and uh, Edge are playing a psychological game against one another. So the various strands of the story are those, for those who don't watch it. Seth Rollins, at one point, was going to break Edge's neck. Edge never forgot. Took him a year and a half to remember, but he didn't actually forget. So they're having a feud now. And the idea is that Edge is saying that Seth Rollins can't fill his boots. It's this like really dark man who's capable of the worst possible deeds and Seth Rollins is gradually telling him yes no I am and I'm going to show you uh, this is all quite histrionic for me I expect it can only get more parodic hopefully less of Seth Rollins' absolute B-tier laughing uh, it's the worst kind of heat how do you see this uh, progressing tonight oh, I don't know I, I don't hate this um, but I don't love it either it's incredibly basic um, what they have in Seth and Ed Seth and Edge at SummerSlam is uh, a match people genuinely want to see. Um, it scans as a dream match, even though I think your mileage may vary on that, to be truthful. But certainly they can justifiably present it as such. Um, and there's been a couple of details I've quite liked. Um, yes, it's pulling on the 2014 inciting incident, but they did go to this before money in the bank. Seth was kind of on Edge's case. Like, I'm going to win a briefcase at the weekend. I'm going to do everything that you were never as good at as now I will be, all that sort of stuff. So there was this, you know, there was a bit of rabble rousing beforehand. And I really liked Seth um, a couple of weeks ago attacking Edge in his entrance with a camera because it was this idea that, like, I'm the rated R superstar now. I'm the bastard that you can't be anymore. Using a camera, which, of course, Edge famously used a couple of times in ambushes on The Undertaker and Batista, I think. I remember those, uh, You know, and he did it in, during Edge's entrance, which we've been, as viewers, trained to expect as a big event. So Seth's thinking, when's Edge going to be least concentrating on me? It's when he's going to be running to those corners going, give it to me, give it to me, which started to feel a bit awkward. But, like, initially, couldn't stop watching the Edge entrances. So, like, <laughs> Seth, is, like, I like that. <laughs> Sorry. You know, until you said that, I was kind of getting on board with the storyline. <laughs> but, like... I think, again, that says to me they've put a bit of effort into and a bit of thought into the details of the ambushes and the promos and all that kind of thing. You know, there's enough meat on the bone here. Um, where they risk going wrong is the persistent need to just do more 
every week. It's got to be uh, here's Edge with a promo or here's Seth with a bit or whatever. Um, there's, this is only two hours. SummerSlam is a pretty big card. Um, just give them a bit less one week because Seth and Edge are the type of wrestlers where the more you get of them in a build, the less you like them and anticipate the actual matches. They're both guilty of that. And now this is two against each other at the same time. So I think the, I think they've sort of got something here. Like in the arenas, fans respond. They're both stars. Uh, and I think the match well, stands to be... Yeah, like the match stands to be great at SummerSlam. Um, so I, I don't need much more. I, like, I get it. I really, really get it. And I think these are two that are often guilty of kind of ruining some of the good work they've done. They, they talk too much or they... Like you get one segment, Edge especially, you get one segment where you come away kind of liking them a bit less or invested a bit less than you were. And I, I'd like WWE not to damage that too much because it's sort of it's all, it's always hanging by a thread with these two. But I think they've got most people on the hook for it. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because it acts as a nice segue into what next for what next for Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. WWE doesn't tell stories. They at times on shows like this, ahead of shows like this rather, um, SummerSlam, they'll do this. They'll give you the premise for a feud without actually telling a story with suspense, intrigue, meaning, like arcs, development. Like, they will tell you why two performers don't like one another or they are embroiled in conflict, and then that's it. And because it's very talk-heavy, like, they're not creative writers, they're dialogue writers. There's an idea, and then they just talk around it all the goddamn time. So I'm looking at Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. I get why they are fighting. Right, okay, well, can can they fight now? The idea is that Sasha Banks feels like Bianca Belair didn't thank her enough for the moment in time that she gave her at WrestleMania, and she's turned on her because it's her time or something like that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. She wants the belt back. She wants the belt back, basically. It's a tale of ambition. Tale as old as time, in fact. 
And uh, they really, if they had teased this for a bit longer, i.e. the turn, if it was coming or whatever, like this basically didn't tell a story here. So how do you advance something that which feels complete and ready for the paper? I've campaigned, Wilborn's asked me this question two weeks on the spin, obviously, because as you say, it is, it's like opening a book, you get the introductory page, then it just instructs you to go to the very last page and skip everything in the middle because it's pointless and you see a picture of a match graphic. Um, I'm an advocate and I, this is a direct lift from WB doing this before. This is, I didn't invent this idea. Um, Bianca Belair is the EST and Sasha Banks believes herself to be the very best at this. So give me rock and brock and have them doing giant box jumps in a gym for two weeks. Like Bianca Belair, like showing that yes, she's got less experience in big matches than Sasha Banks. And yes, this is her first run with a title, but watch what she does in a gym. Watch how big the weights are that she can lift or how big the box jumps she can do are. Sasha Banks in the meantime, a bit of that, a bit of how like her living this like high rolling lifestyle because she's very established at being like the top of her class. Just those, those vignettes and like this two sort of an ultimate challenge, Brock Lesnar, The Rock type coming together of two people that are on a collision course because yeah, there's no the, the petty details and like boring, risible back and forth in the ring are only going to dilute it. It's the match absolutely is something people want to see. And it's been well preserved since WrestleMania and Sasha turning on her on that first night. Didn't require, they did it anyway. Sasha Banks explains her actions because they can't not didn't need it. Did it? She's standing with one foot on Bianca Belair holding up her belt. That's her explanation, isn't it? She's been away all these months, licking her wounds and wants it back and considers herself still to be the best on this show. There's the story. Take them away from this environment and show them prepping to like practice what they've preached. That's really all I need with this. Yeah, I mean, it's just done, isn't it? Like they give you the premise and then that's it. And then they just fill it with goddamn word soup every single friggin' week, man. Um, right, in lieu of an actual copy from WWE about what the show is. I've gone on to a good website, profitedb.com, very valuable database, and I've run through the results of last week's absolutely dire show. Um, Keith Lee defeats Austin Theory in a dark match. Great news that he's back. Horrifying to hear the ordeal that he endured, um, Keith Lee. So, yeah, like, just thoughts and all the best to Keith Lee. Really glad that he's... Um, come through that mm-hmm. here's another um dark match result from last week's smackdown Aaliyah defeats no dakota kai defeats alaya right dakota kai defeated alaya friday night smackdown dark taping the observer made it was beaten 50 with alaya on the main roster that's amazing. That is that, that can't be right, can it? They must have just got their wrestlers wrong way around. Ah, uh, hang on, hang on. This is more important than SmackDown. This is about a layer. <laughs> this is about a layer. Wait there. Right, okay. Uh Dakota Kai cage match. It's another better website than WWE.com. <laughs> uh very good database. Rubbish opinions, but that's just the internet for you. Um, let's go. Click to matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've gone a uh, fifty-fifty. Nice, brilliant. So on the sixth of August, SmackDown Dark Match, Dakota Kai defeats Alea. And on the 9th of August, which I expect was was that the Monday where the tape main event before Raw? Yes. Yep. 
Yeah. And they have defeated the quarter, Kai. That's a win back. The big one. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah, just jog my memory of what's going on in this show. Jay also pinned Dominic Mysterio last week. This is very good news. You know what? Do you want to know why? Mm. Because this creatively bankrupt company and the booking algorithms that they subject us to mean that we're probably going to get Jimmy versus Ray in a singles match because that's how they do it. Mm-hmm. The two of the four fight one week, the other two of the four fight the next and then do the pay-per-view match. We're probably going to get a Ray Mysterio singles match on SmackDown. It's always fun. It's, it's not bad. Um, the big talking point uh, was obviously that I say big talking point, that's in relative terms, it is WWE, but the talking point that came up from this last week was Ray kind of getting on Dominic's case a little bit to go a bit easy and to think things through a little bit. A little bit of dissension between father and son that is at long last going to give us the electric chair by son to the father when they fall short at SummerSlam, which of course remains like a pay-per-view deep in mysterial lore. Um, But son, this was the show I won your custody. Why? Uh... Can't wait for all of that. Um, aye, the bloodline are going to prove that their bond is bigger than the one between a father and son when they beat them at the, at the pay-per-view and uh, tear that family in two. So we're all very excited for that here on uh, here on Team Blue on Fridays. Christ, you get to do Rampage every week, and that's only just hit me. Um, like, we're all very, very excited about that. But in the meantime, yeah, it's a treadmill of uh, singles matches and six months to get us there. You should have just given up. You should have just said to Wilborn at some point, you know what, I've lost complete... Faith in any of this being good, but you, you're <laughs> still a little bit Stamford, Mike. It's your fault. I know. Aye, it's my it's my sickness and very very occasionally my cure. That's happening. Uh, fewer and fewer occasions as we head into this awful year. Uh, look, I'm just looking through the frigging results of last week's SmackDown. Uh, Let's get to the women's tag division, Sidgwick, because Tamina got distracted by a tank going off nearby. <laughs> Well, okay, that means we're going to skip um, some inessential <laughs> mid-card stuff between King Nakamura and Apollo Crews. Um, is King Nakamura going for the Intercontinental title? Yep. Um, they've both got funny men that go to the ring with them. You've got Aziz and you've got uh, Boogs shredding away. And I cannot see anything other than that. Um, Boogs running away from Aziz and then trying to like combat him with his electric guitar as Nakamura probably defeats Apollo Crews. The, the the thing about Bianca Belair, that but still being women's champion, I mentioned this last week, they've made a point of saying, yeah, it's a pretty impressive reign. She won at WrestleMania, she's still got it. Nobody's been able to kind of come anywhere near her. <laughs> the same rhetoric can be applied to Apollo Crews. He won that in thing in a drum fight at WrestleMania and nobody's given a toss about him ever since. Like He, he may as well have won it last Friday for all that belt has any value like around his waist. I don't they, put that on him. You know, it's the usual thing. Like, everyone's talent, yeah, is it? Everyone's knackered. Everyone's knackered. They would knacker <laughs> 1984 Hulk Hogan, this company, man, they're that inept. Um, I, he gets beat every other week, so why would I possibly care about previewing whatever he does tonight? Um, Tegan Knox defeated Tamina last week, as you said, via um, tank distraction. Are they just in a holding pattern because they don't know the extent of Natalia's injury? What's going on with the women's tag team title, Samflet? Yeah, Natalia's injury was supposedly weeks, not months, which I assume is why they've done Tegan Knox beating Tamina here. You have to think they'll probably do Shotzi and Tamina this week, and we get the tag title match on the SummerSlam two-hour kickoff. Maybe I, I, it doesn't doesn't feel particularly hot. I, Shotzi and Knox last week um, 
said something along the lines that like there was a WWE.com promo or something where they were like, oh, you know what makes everything feel better is championship gold. So Natalia, use that belt to heal up because we're going to take them off you. So maybe, maybe like Tamina is actually going to be allowed to get a revenge for these two these two pranksters and the, ta- the these two tanksters from last week. Maybe one of them's going to suffer a bit of an injury and then you're going to go into this tag match where Natalia's nursing something and one of either Shotzi or Knox is nursing something and, you know, that like levels it out. Maybe that's more detail than they're prepared to put into this. I don't know. Yes, absolutely. Um, Tamina's been... Right, I want to go to Tamina's cage match. Very quickly, right? Like, I... bear in mind, people say that SmackDown is really good. Right? Mm. It's so much better than Raw. It's a really good show. It's got the head of the table on it, guys. Right. Tamina. Oh, God damn it. I've just clicked Tamina cage match in, like, a first ranking is one out of ten. That's harsh. No, that is harsh. Yeah, like, I don't understand it, and I'm not here to explain it, but I've put this across to Wilborn as well. Fans really like watching Tamina, and I, like, fair play to, like, the WrestleMania thing was this, like, huge turning point, and then every single time they've been back in front of an audience, she gets a response, and I can't fathom what's going on, but I'm not here to criticise that. No, I mean, it's nice. It's had a bit of a rough life. Yeah, it is nice. Um, She gets this response, and I... Like fair dues, I guess. Like the it probably means the tag belts on the right person. Right, here's the thing. People say SmackDown's good. And head of the table, so much better than Raw. It's great. It really is, guys. Was, maybe I'm was, thinking you're trying to convince yourselves. Here's the thing. ruined Saturdays on Twitter broke you, didn't they? <laughs> like from earlier this year. I've seen that. Never talk about the show in on Twitter ever again. I've got the ultimate tweet lined up for when SmackDown like takes a particularly big dump like. I can't wait to drop it. It's going to get like screenshotted from like all like Roman Sasha says and are going to be like all over it. Because I've the notifications. Sideways crying laughing emoji with the screenshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait. So on the good show in the last two months, July and August, Tamina, who is a champion, correct? Mm-hmm. She is a champion. Has been defeated on television one two three three times in two months well it's like the old catchphrase goes several people are meaner than Tamina indeed (laughs) I am you know it's nothing holds up to scrutiny does it we know this I I get told off when I scrutinise it Pick a thing, scrutinise it, and it falls apart. That's why, like, you're encouraged not to pick anything or scrutinise it. Sorry, Paul Heyman pulls some faces, makes it a good show. Um, <laughs> I'm getting bored just reading some of these names. I'm picturing, I don't know why, but those Paul Heyman faces you're referring to remind me of when, you know, when uh, Demolition would cut a promo and let's say Smash was talking, like, no, Axe was talking, Smash would like feel uh, like a requirement of his job to pull demolition faces. So like Axe would be saying like, and, uh, and our foundation, where we get you in the ring, and smashes off to the side going, Roman Reigns like bollocking Jey Uso for like forgetting something from the big shop. You've got Paul Heyman in the background doing smash faces. Clutch the belt. Six is the belt. This is his own face. Hopefully this will get picked up on the audio feed. <laughs> like Kevin after shaving on Home Alone. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, lying bastard, he is. Anyway, I've got some <laughs> some of these names I'm looking from last week's show. I don't really care what they do this week, like Ziggler and Rude. Like, no, 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 no. I don't respect you, Paul. You, you lied to me about Gal's version. I don't respect you, Paul. <laughs> I don't respect you anymore. <laughs> I just remembered that. Remember AJ, AJ's IRL shoot on Maine about never working with Paul Heyman again? Oh, Min. Uh, I should. I need to keep a spreadsheet of like good, funny things. It's Vince, man, you. Divvy. I, I don't respect him anymore. I don't respect him anymore. They he told me that they were job for gonna be safe. I don't respect him anymore. You'll go away until AJ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, there's someone I quite care about. Uh this Baller and Corbin stuff. Um when's, Corbin, when's the happy Corbin happening? I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they've done the match. They did it last week. Um I predicted that they would do Finn Balor and Baron Corbin on last week's SmackDown. And then do it at SummerSlam. I'm sticking with that prediction. We've seen it already. Balor got it done. He didn't just get it. It wasn't even a schmoz. Like, he beat him with a coup de grace. Um, But I, they'll go again, I would think. He yes. does beat him up. Roman beat him up. And Baron Corbin is probably justifying an opponent for SummerSlam. He is. I'm saying probably he is. His character is justifying an opponent for SummerSlam. It's going to be Balor. Yeah, I agree with all this. I've already saw um, all two minutes and 46 seconds of it last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not going to be a great match. Baron Corbin's in it. Uh, it's just, you're going to get these suboptimal optics of pitiful Baron Corbin down on his luck and Finn Balor just smiling about it because that's what he does in the main roster. So that's, he's he's dead. Like, if he's not dead already, Finn Balor, he's going to be dead in about three weeks. Me and Wilborn did construct a bit of fun for this. Um, Baron Corbin, in an effort, so he, he gets some money, you know, $20, $50, whatever it is. Somebody pays him because of him trying to take out Drew. What? Yeah, a small amount, basically. But he bets the house. All he's got on beating Finn Balor. And he's not going to use what happened on last week's SmackDown as evidence. He's just super confident again. Like, he's been finally inspired by the fact that the Usos and Roman Reigns have left Balor a, a quivering mech on, a mess on SmackDown. He's like, he knows he's not 100%. And Baron's like, tonight's the night. And he comes out and he tells the fans at SummerSlam, yeah, I know I've been down on my luck, but tonight is the night my luck changes. Like, we all saw what happened to Finn Balor on SmackDown. He's in no fit state. That was only two days ago. And I put my house on, like, everything. I'm going double or quits. After tonight, I'm going to be fine. And then the lights drop, and it's the return of the demon. <laughs> he beats him in, like, a minute. Yeah, hey, I like that. Unannounced demon. And if you remember, like, I think it was a, it was a couple of SummerSlams ago, he did unannounced demon against... But, uh, Corbin there as well, just for the crack. They didn't even promote it. It was just like, oh, cool, that's nice. So, like, unannounced demon when Corbin finally thinks he's fixed it, and then the lights drop, and that's what happens. That's quite a nice way to tie all this up, I think. Hey, you know what? I like that. Mm. Oh, I, I don't hate it. If I saw it, I wouldn't, like, just be this numb, like, oh, what I'm watching this rubbish for. Oh, yeah, it's my job. I wouldn't <laughs> hate that at all. The thing with the Corbin stuff is that I think, as always happens, that promo that he cut, that didn't go on telly, dot-com exclusive with Kayla, his brow-beating delivery was so fantastic mm. that people thought, oh, there's really something in this character. And there still might be, but look, it's better than watching the same matches all over again, I suppose. Um, look, if you're not... Yeah, not to speak. Me, he dared not to speak with the cadence of a WWE promo, didn't he? That's the thing. You know, when people just speak in sentences that don't have that exact same timed out, like, methodical approach every week, people suddenly yeah. listen again. Because you and don't I, have to just listen. You don't have to listen for the breaks where they say, and tonight, Kayla, in front of those people. Like, you just talk like a normal human being, and it does actually make it, it stops you in your tracks when a WWE wrestler does it, doesn't it? <laughs> it's absolutely bizarre um, how bad this company is. Until you remember that... Uh, 
Vince McMahon's 76 years old. On that note, um, <laughs> if you are hyped for Friday Night Smackdown, my apologies for the tone of this podcast. Look, if they had a good show to preview, I might have actually previewed it properly, but, you know, they don't. Uh, let us know in the comments below the Twitter post if you are hyped and why I should be more hyped. Um, you can do so at WhatCultureWWE. Whilst you're there, you can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. You can follow me at M. Sidgwick. Once again, uh, you can follow all of the crew at WhatCultureWWE. And until then, we will see you soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 